It's January 1st, 2021, and this is Sort of Awesome, episode 273. You are invited to join me and a dear friend of mine, Jen Hoffman, who is returning to Sort of Awesome so we can talk about how important it is to really take some time to process what we have been through in 2020 before we move ahead into 2021. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sort of Awesome. Welcome back, Awesomes, to the show that is all about helping you find conversation, friendship, and community. If you're new to Sorta Awesome, welcome. We are so thrilled that you have joined us, and we want you to know you are so welcome here. Maybe you made your way here from Facebook or from Instagram, perhaps from YouTube or TikTok. Maybe someone who loves you very much recommended Sorta Awesome to you. However it is that you found us, thank you for joining us. We would love to have you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss any of the awesome that we share every week. And so you can find out where to connect with our incredible community online. So as I said a few moments ago, this is episode 273. I am thrilled to be joined today by Jen Hoffman. Now, many of you know Jen from her incredible work at healthymoving.com. And I know so many of you have been inspired by her coaching and her leadership in helping us to all tune into our bodies, and do that in kind and compassionate, loving ways. Jen, welcome back to Sort of Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I am truly thrilled to be here. So, so excited to have you back. The last time you were here, it was January of 2018. Oh my gosh. Can you believe it? Doesn't it seem like that was just two years ago? It feels like two lifetimes ago. (laughs) It really does. It really does. So back then we did an episode called Love Your Body, Change the World. It's still one of my very favorite conversations we've ever had on Sort of Awesome. Guys, if you have not listened to that episode, make a note to go back and find it. Listen to it sometime this month. It was so great. But Jen, if people are not familiar with your work at Healthy Moving, give us like a little brief snippet of the work that you do for your community. I am impassioned to help women take the very best care of themselves. That's the bottom line. I choose my modalities are to do that through movement and mindset work, but I just want to help women take the very best care of themselves. I'm a yoga teacher, a personal trainer, all of that kind of good stuff, but I am heavily focused on helping women take good care of themselves because I believe that helps them then show up fully for their life and be amazing in the world and give us, give the world that thing that only they can give. I love it. That is a beautiful overview of your work. I said this on my episode with Jen back in 2018. It's so true. Jen's coaching and her just friendship and guidance in my life was instrumental and huge in helping me to recover from postpartum depression after the twins were born almost eight years ago. What? How How is that possible? How? I don't know. But truly just your presence in my life for years, because we've known each other even longer than that. (laughs) And you the same for me. I told you so many times, you are like an angel. So often I feel like you're another person who I've never met in real life. But sometimes I feel like maybe you have a camera and you know exactly (laughs) what I need to say, what I need to hear. You are just such a gifted, treasured friend to me. I feel so lucky to know you. Oh, thank you for that. Okay, well, apparently I really also love starting off the new year with you. So I'm so glad you're here today because 
you know, here's the thing. Like when I saw that January the 1st this year was on a Friday, I knew we would have an episode coming out. And I was like, well, that's no pressure at all. January (laughs) 1st. Easy. Of 2021. Sure. No problem. I just thought for so long and really turned it over in my mind and really tried to listen to my intuition. Like, how do we start this year? What do we even do? It just felt really it felt like really incongruous to just be like, new year, let's have a fresh start and dive right into all of the new year stuff, which admittedly, I love, I love January. I love the fresh start. I love the newness of it all. But I just kept coming back to this thought, like we need to talk about process, sit with the things that have happened in 2020, what all of us have been through collectively, what each of us have endured individually. And you were the very first person that came to mind. I just knew in my heart that you would have a word to speak to us about that before we do launch into some newness for 2021. I just felt like we need to talk about how, not just why, but also like, how do we actually process through some of this stuff? And so Jen, you've put together some thoughts. I know you've said you've been talking to your community about these things, not just towards the end of 2020, but like throughout 2020, it sounds like. We leaned in my community and I feel so lucky with how amazing these women are, but we just said, gosh, this year is really hard and we got to lean in and hold on to each other. And we did that. We embraced a lot of the struggle and discomfort and uncertainty of this year. And I learned so much through them and right alongside them. And I am honored to be here and just share with you some of what we've learned this year. And I think, I hope I want to say to anybody who's like, oh, I'm just not here for it right now. I completely get that. I think there's very few people who right now have a ton of physical, mental, or emotional resources for deep work and huge learning right now. And that's not what we're here to do today. I think we can process and plan in a way that meets our current stamina levels and that gives us hope and grace and really empowers us. So I hope people can feel that at the end of this conversation. See, that's why I knew you would be the perfect person to come and speak to us about this because that it just like echoes what has been in my heart so much. So I'm so excited for our conversation. Me too. It's going to be so good, you guys. Okay, we're going to get to that in just a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. If you are new to Sort of Awesome, then you may not know that our Awesomes of the Week, this is the moment in the show where we just stop, we talk about whatever's awesome in life right now, whether it is a book or a TV show, a new movie, a podcast, a product, something that's making life a little bit more happy, a little more fun. So Jen, we've talked a little bit about what you brought to talk about for Awesome of the Week. I cannot wait to hear you tell me all about it. So what do you have for us this week? So I have to make a caveat right at the beginning that I am not going to pronounce it correctly. This has been such an important thing for me this year, and I still cannot pronounce it. In fact, it's a German name. I reached out to one of our awesomes, Katie Michaels Johnson, who I know speaks German, and I was like, please help me. She helped me. I listened to her video, and then I promptly said, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do that. It's the Loistrom journal maybe katie can post a audio clip of her saying it in the hangout group yes but it is a journal and i will from the get-go say i am a huge journal person i'm an analog person when it comes to processing it's just the way my brain works my brain and body together work that 
flows better for me if it comes through the pen. And that's everything from what I want to tackle for the day to deeper, more traditional journaling type stuff. I know a lot of awesomes do bullet journaling, all of that kind of stuff. So I have for years been like a dollar spot journal buyer, you know, like for me to spend more than $5 on a journal, even though it's such an important thing for me was very uncommon. Okay. But I realized that there was a journal and I think it's about $20. I should have looked before we got on, but I think it's about $20 that I decided for one specific reason why, and it got me in and now I am addicted to it to switch to this journal. It is, first of all, the reason I loved it is because it has dots on the page instead of lines. Love a dotted journal. Love it. Yes. Sometimes I think everybody has different reasons for why they like that. But sometimes when I'm processing, I like to make like a mind map or like a flow chart or something like that. And lines make that difficult for me. So the dots are super helpful, whether I'm writing and I want to use them as lines I can use it if I'm writing traditional journal stuff, but it also is really helpful when I'm trying to like plan out something that I need like a picture or a flow of something. So the dots are great. I love the color. I have like different colors for different things that I'm using it for. It has two, which you might not think you need, but you do. If you've always had one ribbon in your journal, you're going to be surprised at how much you use a second one. Now I'm like, do I need five ribbons in my journal? (laughs) Maybe. But not with this one, because the thing that makes this so amazing is the pages are numbered at the bottom and in the front is a table of contents. Yeah. Now, maybe other people are better than me, but I have some themes in my life Uh that I just keep rolling around to and I used to have the experience of thinking, wow, I just learned this. I had this profound insight. This was so amazing. And then a week later, I'm just like going back through an old journal looking for something. And I realized, oh, I had that profound insight Uh, three years ago and promptly forgot it and didn't regain it. Right. You know, took me three more years of messing up all along the way. Mm -hmm. So what I did at the beginning of my journal is I wrote like topics that are things that just keep kind of coming up for me. And if it's something that's date specific, I'm good at going back to know like, okay, well, this big event happened. But a lot of times we have big insights in the middle of ordinary days. Yeah. And that if we can say like, oh, this is how I handle or process this particular topic, like, you know, family stuff or whatever I have at the beginning. And then I'll just write down a page. Like, especially if I think I had a big insight, I'll put it like in a category in my table of contents. And then when that thing comes up again, which has happened a few times this year, especially, right. I go back to look at the pages in the journal that are on that. And then past Jen helps today, Jen. Oh my gosh. And it creates not just this way that I can not have to relearn all of the things in all the same ways, but it also creates this, it helps me today to be motivated to write in the journal, to jot things down. It's just the table of contents. And I also use it in my business one, like when I give my community a shared intention every week, and oftentimes I'll be like in the middle of journaling and I'll think of a shared intention for the future. So I have like a page with my table of contents. These are the shared intentions, like, oh, there's so many ways you could use that. But I think for those of us who are analog and process in an analog way, this journal is top notch. 
Oh my gosh, I'm sold. I've never had one of those before. Like you said, I do tend to be more on just like, I'll just grab a something from Target or whatever, just like yep. whatever kind of catches my eye. Or a lot of times people in my life know I do love journals and I love bullet journaling. So I'll get them as gifts. And that's wonderful. Same. That has Same. definitely fueled my journaling habit through the years. But yeah, I'm really sold on this particular one because Jen, it's so timely for me that you're bringing this to the show. One of my intentions for 2021 is to really get back into bullet journaling in a more like fulfilling way. Like I'm like you in the sense that I do, I'm so much better at writing things down, recording things, even if it's just a daily to-do list, but mine have been all over the place and I'll have like three journals going at once, but they're not even like, this is my business one. This is family life. No, no. It's just like, I literally just grab whatever. I know. I have been there. I have been there. And I think it makes me feel like, it doesn't actually help me yes. because then it makes me feel like, wait, I don't know where the things I need yes, are. Exactly. Yeah. The table of contents and page numbers are yes. so grounding. Okay. And so like, they feel like if Marie Kondo created a journal, it would be this one because <laughs> it has like Perfect. order and yes. it's so beautiful. Oh my I'm gosh. I'm excited for you to try it. I am totally sold. I love it. Thank you so much. I feel so inspired to start shopping for one like as soon as we're done recording. So yeah. All right. <laughs> I want to hear your awesome of the week though. Tell me what you've got this week. Okay. I have like 1.5. I brought a little bonus one. <laughs> oh, exciting. <laughs> that I actually want to talk about first. So before the end of the year, we dropped a special extra awesome into the feed with the title, a big announcement talking about our new concept, our new community experience that we are beginning in 2021. And so we released the idea that we're going to be putting together these cohort experiences, these virtual, like sort of small group learning experiences. So I'm so excited to say that our very first cohort that starts this month sold out in like six hours and our wait list filled up. And so we know not only am I excited about that, and I'm so excited about the first 10 women who are brave enough to be like, you know what, I'll try this, let's do this. But I'm so excited to know that that is something that our community is like, yes, please, I want to hear more about this, I want to know more about it. So I started a special email list for people that want updates about future cohort experiences, to kind of get the heads up that they're coming. So people can kind of make plans. I want to hear feedback because Jen, you and I are both extroverts and I think probably pretty comfortable like in group environments and those types of things. But we heard from some introverts who are like, is there another way that we can do this context wise? Like I'm an introvert and sometimes I feel like I don't really get to participate as much as I want to in virtual settings. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I never would have thought of that. (laughs) I'm so glad that whoever that was gave voice to that. That is amazing. Kudos to those people. That's wonderful. Yes, exactly. So we're like dreaming about like all the different contexts that we could put this idea into. So I want to say, if you are an awesome who heard about our idea that we're, again, this first one that we're starting in January, this is just the first one. So we have plans for future cohort experiences. So if you did not get to sign up for this one, or if it just didn't fit into your life for whatever reason, you can still go to sort of awesomeshow.com slash waking up awesome. And now instead of a sign up for that cohort, there's a sign up for an email list so that you can get the inside scoop on upcoming cohorts from sort of awesome. So I'm, I'm so excited, very excited. For this community and how that's going to impact people's lives. It's just so amazing, Meg. I'm so glad you're doing this. 
I am so excited too. It's going to be so great. I love that this community is just going to become more of like a solid person to person thing. So, yeah, and it already is. So I'm really excited about that. Other awesome of the week, the one I was going to talk about, I like, <laughs> I really racked my brain too because, you know, this time after the holidays, I think a lot of us are just like, okay, we did it. We made it through. Just need a minute here. So I'm just going to be super honest. I've been spending a lot of time on TikTok, which has become one of my favorite places to go. It was Love in it. 2020. And so I was like, there's a TikTok oriented thing I want to talk about, but I know not a lot of our people are on TikTok. And so I was like, so conflicted, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. Because one thing I really have been preaching the message of, especially really ramped up in 2020 is like, love what you love and no apologies. The world needs to know what you're enthusiastic about. So even if it's TikTok, <laughs> but I want to talk about a special corner of TikTok that really has been hitting the spot for me. And it's what's affectionately known as book talk on TikTok. So this is the part of the TikTok algorithm stream that is all about books and reading, which is so fun. And like I said, on our year in show with Katie Proctor, and she was talking about like the best books you might've missed in 2020. I was in like such a reading slump in 2020, but on book talk, you have people that are giving like little book reviews. They're talking about their favorites from the year. They're giving you the books that you've probably never heard of that will change your life. I mean, just like all of these readers that are gathering together to use TikTok in really creative ways. And it is so inspiring. I have added so many books to my I want to read list. And I just have really, there's something about people sharing their enthusiasm for books and reading giving you these snippets, giving you these overviews, giving you these reviews that has just, it really has reignited for me, my passion for reading, which really was so dampened, you know, just with overwhelm and everything that was going on in the past year, that just like to feel that spark of excitement and enthusiasm again for something that is a huge part of my life, but I just like wasn't connected to it for a while. But then there's something about people getting on there and and sharing what they have been so into. I don't know. I did not even realize there was a whole section of TikTok about books. Like because of the experience I've had with TikTok, which admittedly is limited. Yeah. It's like hard for me right now to even imagine what these TikToks about books look like because the ones I've seen is primarily dances. I know, right? (laughs) I know. And so I'm just in my mind like, wait, I don't know if I understand but I'm going to go and check it out now because I feel excited to hear this. Yes, there's so much. I know, I know that the popular conception of TikTok is like teenage girls dancing. And listen, there's not a small amount of that, okay? There's like a lot. We may be addicted in this house to a TikTok of Buzz and Woody dancing. Okay, I'll yes. have to send it to you. <laughs> please do, please do, yes. I only have exposure through what is like what becomes mainstream. And then if I think it's funny, I show it to my kids. But can I just say, I love people's creativity. Like the fact that it started out as mostly teenage girls dancing and what it has become, Mm -hmm. just like to see the way people create and make something work for them. And I love book people so much that they're like, move over teenage dancing girls. Yes. We're going to talk about books here. Yes. That is awesome. It's so great. That's one of the many reasons I love TikTok is because 
like all things internet, if there is something, no matter how niche the thing is that you're into, there's probably somebody creating content about it on the internet somewhere. And TikTok is absolutely like that. And somehow TikTok figured out that not only do I love books and reading, but it like, this is the creepy part. It like figured out I love why I love young adult books. I love fantasy. I love, you know, it's like so specifically targeted to me, which is so creepy, but also awesome. (laughs) It's happening. So we might as well just embrace the positive side of it. Right. Yes. Yeah. Some things are made easier. We'll just for now, not look at the creepy side. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) That has been my approach to TikTok. So I'm so glad you share my philosophy. (laughs) I love it. So if you are not currently on TikTok, you can access TikTok without creating an account. Lots of people do that. If you get on TikTok, search, use the hashtag because TikTok is extremely like hashtag oriented. So if you just use the hashtag BookTok, so it's going to be B-O-O-K-T-O-K, like TikTok, only BookTok. Oh, see, I'm so naive. I would have messed that up. Isn't that so clever, though? It is so clever. If you enter the hashtag in the search bar for BookTok, TikTok will serve you so much books and reading content. You're not going to believe it. It's so awesome. So I know that a lot of our awesomes are not on TikTok. So throughout the week, I will put on our Instagram stories. Some examples of book talk TikToks that you can find because I know some people are just like, eh, it's for kids, or like, I'm just not into it, and that's fine. But I would still want to let you in on the experience of getting on book talk. I'm so excited. <laughs> that's where I'll be checking it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so great. So, you guys, those are our awesomes of the week. This week, we always love to hear what you have that's awesome in your life. So, if you haven't joined us in one of our communities, we would love to have you. You can go to facebook.com slash group slash sort of awesome hangout and find our sort of awesome hangout over there where we're talking about awesomes of the week every Friday and also all kinds of good stuff every single week. And if you haven't joined us, like I said, come over to our Instagram where I'll be sharing some of that. I bet we could even talk Jen into sharing a few pictures of her journals and tables of contents and those kinds of things as well. So we are on Instagram at sort of awesome show. So come find us and connect with one of our communities there. We would love, love, love to have you. And we have so much to talk about coming up in just a few minutes. Okay, we are back, Jen. I am so excited to hear some of the things that you have to share with us this week, because truly, you know, I mean, you and I are both Enneagram nines, and we may, as part of our personality, want to just be like, let's just pretend like that all didn't happen. My desire to do that is so strong. (laughs) Thank you for saying that. That makes me feel so much better. If only it worked that once the calendar flipped, it was all gone. Yes, exactly. But truly, this has been on my heart so much as I've thought about our community and I've thought about not just like what I feel like would be so meaningful for our community to hear, but I'm just going to be super honest, like on a personal level, Jen, I also just really want to hear some of your guidance for myself, because I do tend to just be like, let's just sweep that all under the carpet and we'll just go on with life. But I wanted to start with talking about, before we kind of talk about like how to do this, like actually why, why should we, whether or not we're Enneagram nights, whether or not we like to avoid pain and discomfort and all of that, like really, why should we, as we're getting ready to launch into a brand new year, why should we deal with the stuff that was the sort of 
bummer, to put it lightly, of 2020? I love this question, as you know, because I really want to just pass it on. But also, I think it's important to not just do something with no intention. Like, let's plan why we want to do this reflection. We're not just like trying to pour salt in a wound here. Right. <laughs> That's not what we're doing. Right. But I have two main reasons. Number one is the hard, the pain of 2020. It's in the mix now. It's a part of us. Yeah. And there isn't an ability to wipe it all clean. It's become a part of us. And it's going to affect, number one, the choices that we make. Yes. I always say that our experiences, our thoughts, our feelings, all of those things are what feed our actions. And it happens most of the time subconsciously. Yeah. And we have to kind of pull it out into the light and say, like, is this impacting me? And is this going to help me make decisions in the best possible way? Okay. Another thing that I explored with my community this past fall that was so helpful is I said, what if we just got rid of this term bad habits? Because the new year, everybody's always thinking about, I want to change my bad habits. And what if instead we explored the idea that we don't actually have bad habits, we just have unhelpful discomfort rituals. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and that- so I, Wait, I just need to say pause for a second. Right. Say that phrase again, because that is hitting me at my very core. We don't actually have bad habits. We have unhelpful discomfort rituals. Oh my gosh. Yes. Everything within me that is resonating so hard. Yeah. And it's so hard to change a habit when we're not understanding what it's serving. Everything we're doing is serving something. And so many of our habits are the ways, the patterned, ingrained ways we respond to discomfort. Mm. And if we take a moment to process, we can set different and better intentions for how we're going to do that. I really don't want anybody to try to say, oh, I have to change this habit without pausing for a moment to say, wait, this was helping me with something. Yeah. So what can I do instead of this? Right. It's so important. The pain and the discomfort we've experienced this year is going to inform the actions, the habits, our daily routines of next year. So we got to pause and look at that. The mm. second thing, the second part of that, it's going to impact how we treat other people. Okay. Yeah. And I really believe one of my favorite things about the awesome community is how intentional everyone wants to be about caring for others. That's such a beautiful part of this community. And as I was processing this question, I was thinking about, gosh, like 20 years ago, I was in a yoga teacher training with Judith Hanson Lassiter. And one of the other teacher training people raised their hand and said, Judith, what should I do if someone cries in the middle of my class? Because mm. sometimes that happens in a yoga class. I bet sure. there's an awesome who's experienced it. I've certainly experienced it. You're in a pose and then all of a sudden you're crying. And Judith said, you should deal with your own sadness in a way that enables you to be in the presence of someone else's sadness without needing to push it away. Oh my gosh. Wow. I'm like full body chills right now. That's huge. And I have adopted as my life mantra that I will deal with my pain and my discomfort, not just my sadness, but all discomfort in a way 
that allows me to be in the presence of someone else's discomfort without needing to push it away. Mm. That is huge, Jen. Oh my gosh. It's so important. It's so important. And if you think about the times that you've needed support from someone and you feel like they didn't meet you, if you can have grace to say it's triggering their own discomfort or it's a way that you can kind of look back and see that other people have done it, but it can help you. And then, I mean, the people I use this the most with are my kids. I was going to say, this is like such a huge parenting breakthrough. It's so big. I've actually, I feel like I've had to learn it the hard way because again, as an Enneagram nine, as an ENFP who we can be very, you know, we're like the character joy and inside out. We're just like, no, 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 there's no sadness. No, no, no. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I feel like with my oldest children, I did so much of that. And I, yeah, I have learned through the years. So now as they're teenage young women, I, and then they have a lot of sadness and big feelings that come to the surface. I've learned so much more about sitting with them and it is so much more of a powerful connection point than just trying to shut it down and, and quiet it up. So anyway, exactly. I don't want to interrupt, but yeah, the no, parenting application so is huge. Yeah. The whole point of why this is important now in this moment is that we are needed. The awesomes are needed right now in our world yeah. to really bring people back to each other and remind each other of our shared humanity and all of that stuff. And in order to do that in the best way possible, we have to deal with our own backpack full of pain from this year yeah. in a way that we can be with someone else while they're unpacking theirs and just be at peace to sit and remain without saying, shove it all back in, hurry mm. up, hurry up. It's mm-hmm. making me feel uncomfortable. Yes. So that's really important. That's the first reason why it's there. It's in the yes. mix. You can't get rid of it. And the second reason is that I know that a lot of times, especially at this time of the year, the message about reflecting or healing past stuff can be about like a new you and it can feel so overwhelming and like you're going to have to change all these things and it's going to be brutal work and it's going to feel like everything's awful. But I have learned and watched through my community this year that dealing with it is actually such a process that gives you so much grace and hope. Mm. And it's not necessarily that unpacking it is going to cause us a ton of pain and discomfort. In fact, it might give us grace and hope. Mm. That is so hopeful just to hear that part. And the primary thing that has been the source of hope and grace this year has been in really seeing through the uncertainty and all the unknowns that we don't actually need certainty and we don't actually have to have all the answers. I think we can tend to, in a process like this, where we're going through and kind of reflecting on the past or setting goals for the future, we can tend to think, oh, I need like all the answers. I have to do this in some kind of way that it's going to eliminate all pain. I won't ever have to experience discomfort again if I do this right. Yes, yes. This year has just completely removed the illusion of certainty and knowing and control. And there is a certain amount of grace in that. Yeah. I don't actually have to have all the answers. I can just live at least in this moment by focusing on the next right step. And I think that's just really powerful and a warm invitation rather than some kind of huge overhaul 
or new you thing that we have to do right now. Yes, that is so hopeful and so inviting instead of, well, I just, I feel like so many of us are so depleted already that the thought of like, okay, now I got to gear up and got to get this all figured out before I can even think about having a good new year. I mean, to me, that feels like, well, I'm not up for that. So I guess I'm just going to miss out on. Exactly. Exactly. And that's not what any of this is about. It's not about having all the answers or the perfect plan. It's about processing so that we can just show up with the next right step. Right. And two, I think that for some people, just recognizing that when this is all done, we're not going to like suddenly be able to prevent discomfort and, you know, grief and disappointment and all of those things. Like it is genuinely just whether it's a catastrophic year like 2020 or just the discomfort that comes along with day-to-day living as a human, that it's not about preventing. It's about knowing how to process in a healthy way. So that, like you said, the next right step. One of the kind of centering goals that me and my community have been exploring this year is that we're not trying to prevent all future pain. We're trying to, in the face of pain, remain connected to our highest goals, values, and priorities. Yes. And to feel like we can meet discomfort without losing our connection to those things. Because that is a goal we can strive to, but not experiencing pain, preventing all pain, always feeling great. That's not a goal we can strive to. And I think secretly, we all know that. And if we think that the thing we're trying to do is to meet that goal, we won't stick with it because we know that's impossible anyway. So there's so much freedom and grace. And oh, all I have to do is try to remain connected to the things that are important to me, no matter what's coming to me. Yes. So good. Okay. This has been so incredible, Jen, to talk about why we want to do this work. Some really, really huge breakthroughs there. When we come back in just a few minutes, we're going to actually talk about like how, like this all sounds great. Now, how do we do this? So we'll be back in just a few minutes. All right, Jen, thank you so much for all of this wisdom that you have dropped on us so far about why we want to dig in and just acknowledge some of this and why it makes a difference, why it makes an impact, not on our, just our present selves, but future, our relationships, the dynamics, all of these things. I would love for you to share with us insight on like, what does this look like applied? How does this look lived out? So how do we kind of take this up, especially in these opening weeks of the year? Like what might we be doing? That's such an important question. We don't want to just talk about the theory. We want to talk about, okay, like let's hit the journal and figure this yes, out, right? exactly. <laughs> okay, so here's the first part. I really have two parts for you. The first part is to fully embrace this statement. The statement is, I did the very best I could have done given the demands that were placed on me, the information tools and support I had access to. Mm. And so did everybody else. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's so good. I did the very best I could have done given the demands that were on me and the information tools and support that I had access to. And so did everybody else. Mm. This is important because first it's so grace and compassion filled. I am a huge believer in that we don't change anything. We don't move forward in any way if we don't cover the past with grace and compassion. That's the way forward. 
Yes. And that compassion, like, I don't know if your mom ever said to you, my mom used to like bark at me, have compassion for whatever, but compassion is something that arises because of a thought. It's not something we can just force ourselves to feel. We have to create the space for it to arise. And this is the space. I did the very best I could with what I had access to. That's the space that allows that compassion to arise. And everything in you, especially if you're like me, will resist this and be like, no, but I could have done better. And you might not have lived up to your highest values, goals, and priorities, which is what I said earlier was the goal. But I bet you didn't because of the support, tools, information, and demands. So embracing that grace Mm. is really important. Yeah. And you want to do this for yourself and for everybody else that's around you. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's important for how you relate to other people too. But first, it gives us the compassion. But second, it gives us the guide map for going forward. So I'm going to pick something that's For me, I actually did a whole class with my community yesterday where we were kind of going through this process and I did it with them. I wrote down with them. And one of the things that I did not prioritize well, I have been doing really well for a couple of years. I have been really bad, then doing really well. And then this year has been bad. And that's sleep, specifically the time that I go to bed at night. And so I wrote down, I haven't been prioritizing sleep in the way that I want to. That's the thing. What were the demands, tools, like what about that created that? And then I got really clear and I have this entire year starting at 10 o'clock been giving myself this like really nasty, like you should be in bed now Mm -hmm. and so much mental energy toward that. But when I examined the demands on me and the tools, resources and support, I realized I'm spending time in the evening that I really need to do things that are important to me. Yeah. And that maybe 11, 1130 or 12 is a more reasonable, like I still need to figure it out. But it just, that statement, instead of a whole bunch of guilt and shame and beating myself up the way I did for so much of this year about my bedtime, it's just important. And then it gives me the roadmap for what I can do going forward. What am I going to change? What is not possible to change? And listen, we're going to find when we do this process, a whole bunch of shoulds that we've been beating ourselves up for that are just impossible right now in this season of life. I always think of moms with young kids who are shooting themselves about their morning routine. Yeah. You know what? Maybe because of the demands that are on you, that's not something that should be a priority right now. And I think it's just important that we really examine this stuff and give ourselves grace and then give ourselves the roadmap for what kinds of things might be changing. Do I need to learn more to get this happen? Do I need support in some way that I'm not getting? Is there a tool or is there a demand on me right now that I could change? Like all of those things are just so important to consider. I love that. And I love that it, like you said, it really does give you a roadmap to look at those things, the demands on me, the information I had, the tools I had, the support I had. If each of us, as we're kind of assessing, maybe doing like an audit on some of the things that come up that we want to process through, recognize we need to process through. Sometimes I know for me, I can just sit there and be like, well, what do I even do with this? Like, I know this thing wasn't happening in my life. Like, I don't even know why. And so kind of digging in and maybe holding those areas up against those four things, again, the demands, the information, the tools, the support will unlock for us. And we can have that sort of epiphany to where we're like, okay, now that makes sense. That really hits home for me. And it gives us something to kind of like a framework to understand what was going on for us. 
I think we're afraid to do it because we think somehow it's not taking responsibility. Like sometimes people might say like, oh, I don't want to do that because I want to own my mistakes or I want to own my role in this or whatever. Mm -hmm. If that is what you're feeling, but you are ultimately responsible for assessing what you need. And so often I see people who just try to change the end result without changing any of these factors And it creates this really toxic cycle of shame because they aren't changing the things that actually help them to do the change to respond in a different way. I mean, information is such a big word. It could mean that you need therapy. It could mean that there's a book. It could mean like so much, so many different things. And I know that can feel overwhelming, but we all have to choose to do that. And so we do have responsibility to choose to either reset the goal or reset the expectation of ourselves or to change one of these levers. Cause if Mm. we don't, we are just creating the exact same cycle and it isn't through guilt and shame and just saying, I should have tried harder. Right. Try harder. That's the thing that always comes to mind for me. It's just like, I just got to try harder. Yeah. And that, guess what, Jen, it never works. (laughs) It really doesn't. And what people think is that there's something wrong with them. Like, Oh, try harder is working for everybody else. It's just me. No, it's not. Anybody who experiences a profound growth or change, they had different demands on them or they had new information, tools, or support. That's just, that's a bottom line. Nobody got it without trying harder. They might not have realized they were making those changes. And it might be helpful for the people who are really wanting to beat themselves up about trying harder to reflect. When were you successful? And ask yourself in those times, Was it one of those four things or a combination of them that really helped me be successful? Yes. Oh my gosh. That is so huge. And exactly just like, mm, that's perfectly what we need to be hearing right now. Well, awesomes, I am so sad to say that due to some technical difficulties, the end of my recording with Jen got cut off. But if you enjoyed Jen's wisdom as much as I did, if you want to find more from her, if you want to hear her voice in your life, if you want to check out tons of resources that she has, you can go two places. You can go to healthymoving.com. That's Jen's website. It has tons of information and advice and resources for you. Or you can go follow her on Instagram. She's at Healthy Moving on Instagram. If you click on the link in her profile, there are so many resources for you to check out there. And again, I'm just so thankful for Jen coming to Sorta Awesome to help us start off the new year on the right foot. Of course, you know, you can find me on all of the social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. If you have not yet joined our Patreon and become a superstar awesome, this is a great time to do it. Every single month, we create exclusive content just for our superstars that you are never going to hear in the main feed. Every single month, we have an awesome overflow where I and one of my co-hosts are a Sorta Awesome regular. We sit down and talk about all of the things that we did not get to talk 
talk about on the main show. And we started our Sorta Spicy series. In Sorta Spicy, we are covering all the topics that we're never going to cover on a Friday episode of Sorta Awesome. So far, you have my sister, Emily, coming to the show telling about her story of recovery in a 12-step program, which is probably one of my favorite conversations I've ever, ever, ever recorded. Rebecca came to talk about her love for romance novels, and she gave us a ton of great recommendations for romance novels that are going to keep you warm and snuggly all winter long. And then last month, it was my turn, you guys. I got on a mic and talked about how much I am a fangirl for fandoms. It's over an hour of me raving about all things fanworthy. So you can go check all of that out when you go to patreon.com slash sort of awesome. You also get access to an exclusive Facebook group that is just for the superstars where we go really deep and get really personal in all of our conversations. Again, it's patreon.com slash sort of awesome. And you know, you can find sort of awesome on all of the social medias. As you know, the sort of awesome podcast is a production of sort of awesome media, the company that is all about ringing in the new year with you this and every new year. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.